Hello, I'm Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Tax season is upon us. Did you know that 47% of Americans are planning to use their tax refunds for everyday expenses, home improvements, and vacations? What if you used your tax refund for a new home instead? Again, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Your tax refund can be used towards down payment, closing costs, or paying down existing debt to help get approved. So before you spend that tax refund, let's get together and see how to best utilize those funds to invest in your future and your new home. Call or text me at 502-680-0953. Again, that's 502-680-0953. NMLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisitions, LLC. Doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227-262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. You have scoured the podcast world. You have finally found the place where news is weighed in the balance. Welcome to Newsworthy with Stephen Jerry. Two words and two question marks. Happy Manatee Appreciation Day, Jerry. Is that what it is? That's what my phone says it is. Manatee, Manatee. Manatee Manatee. Yay. I actually like those things in the conservation air. What was that sound? <laughs> so weird. Um, the conservation efforts. Oh, that's the sound. Yep. Of course, Ramona and Eddie want to make their presence known. So there they go. Um, they're letting you know that they're upset that this has been going on for many weeks now, and we have not invited any of them to be a guest host. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> well, they're just going to have to get over themselves. Is all I so can say. So you think. Yeah. So, how was your week? Um, my week was good. Now, wait a minute. How was that working? Weird. Oh, it's what worked. Oh, never mind. I got it. <laughs> I Maybe a technical glitch. We'll have to wait and see. Hey, Double, by any chance, did you hear our intro music and hear the uh, ad for uh, Edlock? Edlock, come on. Yep, didn't think so. I That was my fault. I didn't have it plugged in the computer. Okay. My bad. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to change that on the, on the post-production. We can fix that. <laughs> we can certainly fix that. Wow. Oh, man. So, busy, busy week this week. How was your week? It was good. Having a little issue with sinus allergies, whatever, but it's that time of year. Yeah. Need to eat some more horseradish. Seriously, I have no idea if it's just a coincidence, but I have noticed that it seems the more horseradish I eat, the less problem I have with sinus allergies and all that crap. So, hey, if it's working, I will continue to eat horseradish. Well, uh, Doubles let us know that we were three minutes late. Double, that was my fault. Um, we decided every day, and for the people who listen to us, every night, the dogs are just going to bark for a second. I am not doing like I did last week. We're just going to have to welcome in on the podcast because I can't get around them and going in and out, and it's just no fun for me. So, um, so last, every week before we do the podcast, we grab some grub, we eat dinner, and this week, I went to a place of royalty to Absolutely. get our dinner. and But it's on the other side, in another town, on the other side of town. Yep. And that, but it was worth the trip. I mean, yes. gourmet food like this, we, we do it every once in a while, but very rarely. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to give people a hint, and then we'll come back at the end of the show and tell them what that, see Sounds if they good. can guess what it is. Um we had some very colorful medieval food. Um, very good hint. Yes. And I don't know where Mochi is. She's probably being a weirdo somewhere. That's what she's probably doing. 
Um, so anyway, that's why we were late. I had to go all the way to a different town on the other side of a different town to uh, to grab our food, and it put us behind. So I apologize. Um, so this show today, is it good? Very good. Oh, so we got a new wine tonight. Let's go ahead and cover the wine. Why okay. don't we? Let's do Tonight's it. wine is from Cupcake Vineyards. It's a signature sweet red. And it is from Livermore, California. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. It's uh, obviously it's pretty good. It's a cold, sweet, sweet red. red. So, and I'm not kidding. Just take. All right, here we go. Try it. Oh, that is good. That is very good. That's real good. I like that. Let's see. Very sweet. I'm sure. Your wife would absolutely hate it, but yeah, I anyway. pray for those people like that. So today's show, we'll just cover a little bit what we're going to do today. The last few shows have been very politic heavy. They have been. For sure, if I should even ask. Oh, there you go, Mochi. <laughs> there you go. So the last few shows been very heavy shows, very politic heavy, very uh, depressing. Depressing, very. Uh, so today we've decided that today's show is going to be uh, all positive. We're going to try our very level-headed best anyway. Um, every once in a while, you feel like you just got to put some positivity into the world. <laughs> what we actually decided was that to even the score, we would probably need to do, what, 14, 15 positive shows in a row. Yeah, we can do Don't that. Don't know we're going to go that far, but we have committed to at least for this show to make it a totally positive show. You know, And you and I were talking about it, and it's very true. Uh, people get tired of listening to negative, depressing stuff. And unfortunately, there, there's part of the news that tends to be negative. You know, when someone gets hurt, when people are murdered and robberies and wars and all of these things, just all very negative. And uh, there's only so much negative news that people are going to listen to before they just tune out because it's not pleasant to hear. Yeah, you're right. And, and <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> I am 57 years old. I could have easily been another 57 years without seeing <laughs> Oh, Jerry. That Mochi, was... he just explained <laughs> your joke. I absolutely wish we had video right now. The look on your face, Jerry, was priceless. I wouldn't have gave that, that moment away for nothing. I it would be the exact same look on every listener's face if we were to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're not going to do. <laughs> Some things are better left alone. Ooh, that was wonderful, uh, Jerry. Wonderful. So anyway, how was your week? I, it was good, other than, like I said, the uh, sinus allergy, whatever it is, it's been kicking my butt. But it usually bothers me pretty bad in a couple of weeks in the spring. And hopefully this is it. It'll be over soon and we can move on to summer weather. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That is for cooking. Oh, man. Oh, my week was very, very busy. Um, has been. Uh, and I don't see any end in sight, although it's a little... I, I'm, I'm really thinking that I'm going to try to take another day off during the week, like an entire day off from both jobs. And I don't know how that's going to happen or where that's going to happen. Once or like every week, every week. Would be nice. Um, you know, to try to I did it. find out I have about 26. Hey, fuzzy. Glad you're here. Got about 26 hours of CE that I have to do by the end of the month. So I don't know that that's going to start this month because that's a lot. Um, but uh, we're going to try to make that happen. I'm taking a picture here, right here for the uh, our multiple uh, sites. So here we go. Uh, yeah. Question for you. 
Yeah. You know why a chicken coop only has two doors. <laughs> why does a chicken coop only have two doors? Because if it had four, it would be a sedan. <laughs> Indeed, you didn't know that one. <laughs> that, that right there, that was a good one. Good job, Jerry. <laughs> well, thank you. That was marvelous. Marvelous, I say. That makes me happy. Uh, you haven't had a good one like that in a long time. Yeah, we just, uh, I think your sense of humor has gotten better in the last week or two. Oh, you think so? Yeah, because all of mine have been that good. Mm. Well, no, I don't think that that is. What was mine last week? The James Bond earthquake tornado, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was not that was very good. good. That was a good that joke was, right That there. was terrible. I don't care what you say. That's yeah. a good joke right there. Well, I got he good. He must be shaken, not stirred. Listen, I got some really good news oh, last that's week. awesome. Perfect yeah. for a positive Yeah, podcast. it really is. Like, I realized that finally, after all this time, my winter fat is gone. Okay. Yeah, it's turned into spring rolls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us can associate with that. <laughs> oh man, that was a terrible joke. Yours, yours by far wins today. You win. How does that make you feel? Same way it, uh, I feel all the time. What's that? A winner. Ugh. Have you ever heard the? There's a gospel song. I'm a winner either way. If I stay or if I go, I'm a winner either way. Great song. You Wait. forgot the uh, second you? verse of that, which is. If I can see him in person or I can see his picture, and it's got my picture oh, there see, in the book. We went from something religious and to you. What's wrong and with your, that? You and your big head. <coughs> that is good wine. That is very good wine. It is not good wine coming out your nose. It burns oh, yeah. like hell. I can only imagine. Which is another great gospel song. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah, that is. I've never seen me. Yeah, that's probably my all-time favorite. So uh, there's a little debate going on uh, from our listeners about Mochi's Cookies. I would have to second what Double said. I am also needing some Mochi's Cookies. Absolutely. So It is in debate. We need samples to Welcome aboard. Glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. So did you say welcome aboard, too? Lizzie White. Oh, she's already gone. Welcome, Lizzie White. (laughs) Nice knowing you, Lizzie White. (laughs) Quick in, quick out. That's okay. We appreciate that. Yeah. That's where she's at. Yeah. I like it when new people stop by and see us. (laughs) (laughs) Say what? Why did how did the chicken cross the road, Mochi? This is not gonna be good. Sure you will. Gotta love those jokes. This is not gonna be good. That's good. He didn't. He died. That's Come on, not that's good. good. That's terrible. Everyone's always asking listen, about the chicken across the road. Listen. You don't like that? No, not at all. She is listening to you too much. And she is developing your sense of humor. See, I think you're forgetting that we live in the state of the great Commonwealth of Kentucky, where roadkill is not just roadkill. That's dinner. That's burgoo. So, the, the burgoo, <laughs> there you go. So the dead chicken, yeah, we, we just... So I saw, speaking of that, I saw another one of those dead deer things on the side of the road. I think those are still. What? Oh, you're not talking about one of the jokes. No, I'm actually talking about a a dead deer, but every once in a while, somebody will stop. And I don't know who does it. I want to just meet them, thank them, because it makes me laugh every single time. They do what? When you see like a dead deer or a dead something on the side of the road and somebody takes their time. They stop and they tie a get well balloon to it. <laughs> I've seen that once or twice in my entire life. Still a lot more than I have. <laughs> yeah, gotta love that. I just think that's funny. I, I, don't I know. like that kind of people. Yeah. They'll take anything. Do you know who it reminds me of? Do you? Uh, did you know Joe Carey? the regional human resource director with one of the companies that we work with. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, who is this old ever. person I've never heard of? Yeah. 
he did, he was the most positive person I've ever known in my life. He, he could take anything. I remember once that uh, myself and another manager were having to go to an unemployment hearing and apparently there was a lot of money at, at risk or something because Joe had flown down and was going to the uh, hearing with us. And halfway, uh, we were leaving from Somerset and we were going to London. Halfway there, the car died. And Rick, the, the other guy in the car, knew something about cars. And I don't even remember what it was, but he messed around with it for a few minutes. And he come back and he said, guys, I've got good news and bad news. The, the good news is I know what's wrong. And he told us and he said, the bad news is we're not driving this car today. We're going to have to make a phone call and wait for someone to come get us. And we're going to be late for the hearing. And, you know, we're bummed out. And I don't know where Joe Carey goes. That is awesome. That is great. We're like, Joe, do you not understand what he just said? We're, we're, we're not going to be late to this meeting. That was so important enough for you to fly down to go to. We're going to miss it. It's going to be over. And he was like, no, no, no. I've never had this happen before. I love first experiences. This is awesome. <laughs> he was, but the kind of guy you're talking about is someone who you like to be around because they can take a bad situation and turn it into a positive. Sure, sure, absolutely. Speaking of that. positivity, shall we start with some of our topics? Let's do it. Woo-hoo! I'll let you go first because we actually we don't usually compare notes, but on a topic like this where you have to have to you have to actually search for good news, which is unfortunate. But it's like you say many times, if you if good news was everywhere as news, then um, we're probably in a pretty desperate state. So, as long as bad news is news, we're, we're doing all right. So um, we, we did compare notes, just headlines to make sure we didn't have any. But we did have one shared headline in common. In common. So why don't you cover that one, Jerry? Because uh, it's... I think I had more topics than you, so I'm going to leave that one and let you oh, cover it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, This one I really figured you would find and cover. Like the ancients that named constellations after the animals that they resembled, right? That's what, in ancient times, that's what we would do when we found another constellation. We would try to figure out what animal it looked like and name it after it. Well, scientists at the European Space Agency say that they have found a galactic jellyfish. The presence of star-forming gas dripping from the disk of the galaxy, which they have named JW100, comes off in long streamers in the constellation Pegasus, and it was detected by the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, the sad part. I know we're doing all positive, but there is a sad part to this one. The sad part is if we were to invent a spaceship that could travel at the speed of light today, it would take us 800 million years to pay them a visit. It's literally 800 million light years away. So we've found it. There's some awesome pictures of it. And uh, apparently for at least 800 million years in one day, assuming we invent the speed of light spaceship tomorrow, we're going to have to wait a while to actually go pay them a visit. Isn't that so like, even if we did say that all happened, Right. We've had the spaceship, and we had the capacity to go. By the time we got there, it probably wouldn't even be there because we're looking into the past. Right. And to me, that is the most exciting and wonderful and scary part of how big space really is. Sure. You know, because uh, some of the star systems and stuff that the James Webb Telescope is seeing right now um, – Seems to exist a hundred million years ago, yes, and we're just now seeing it for the first time, and it's already gone. It's yeah, it's pretty neat, and they feel like they're really close scientists to actually being able to create wormholes to get through based on Einstein's theories of relativity and and space time and all of that, which basically says if you can travel the speed of light. At that point, time basically begins to stand still. So at that point, they think you possibly created time machines effectively. Well, that and they now believe that you can literally tear at the fabric of time and space and the whole and rip the fabric and just poke a hole through it. Yep, just to go right through it. So Which maybe is kind of at what some a point, is. 
yeah, maybe at some point we'll have the enterprise and we'll be able to actually do that. Yep. Until then, it's going to be really difficult for humans to, with our very small, short lifespan, to get very far out in the galaxy yeah. uh, or out in the universe. And how long did it take Voyager to even get to the edge of our? It was like thirty years, wasn't it? I think so. Just to get to the edge of our solar system, and and the poor yeah. little dudes got. A hundred, I don't even know how long until the next galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and Next galaxy. Like you said, of our solar not, system, not, not our galaxy. galaxy. That's what I meant. Or ne- the, next the next part of our galaxy. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. Yes. So that's so neat. It, it blows me away. So, Jerry, yes. you and I, I'm 47, you're 57. True. Have you thought about ever having children? Yes. At this age? No. Okay. So you wouldn't want to have a child no. at this age. What if you were 90? Would you want to have a child? Uh, that reminds me of a joke, but no, <laughs> I would not. What if you were 90 and just had triplets? Yeah. Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, baby. <laughs> I don't think I'm up for this. No, and and what if, but, but they're awful cute. Very cute, huh? Very cute. So, Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles. A 90-year-old radiated tortoise <laughs> who has never had children in his entire this. life. And I uh, wondered, I didn't read the whole thing. How the heck do they know he's never had kids before? Because he's been in a zoo most of his yeah. adult life. He's been at the Houston so Zoo for every other... Tortoise that had babies, they DNA'd him to see right. who the dad was. Right. And he's he is the oldest animal in the Houston Zoo. And he became a father for the first time. Him and his fifth his young spry wife yeah. at 53. Uh imagine that being able to conceive children at 53. Um welcome three hatchlings that could live up to 150 years if they're well taken care of. And of course they will because they're in the zoo. Mr. Pickles is a native of Madagascar. Radiated tortoises are critically endangered and rarely produce offspring. So they're very exciting or very excited that the hatchlings hatched, first of all, and they are completely surprised um, that Mr. Pickles and his beloved were able to even conceive. They were in the the, the groupings that they thought would never be able to conceive. So uh, kudos to the newest old father I will ever know, <laughs> Mr. Pickles and at the Houston Zoo. And I'm pretty sure that if you go to the Houston Zoo, you can they have a camera on the tortoise pen. You can check out Mr. Pickles and family. So congratulations. <laughs> Just thought I'd want, you know, I thought that'd be uh interesting thought of you having children. I mean, you're the, between us, you're the closest to 90. So very true. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got a good one. You know, at the end of our podcast, we have the closing tagline of if you can't see the light, be the light. Yeah, absolutely. we should probably talk more about that. Uh, we both sincerely believe that it's a great idea. That, that it's something that all of us to. should try to do. I came across a church doing research for tonight's podcast that appears to be doing exactly that. It's a church in North Carolina, a little town called Gastonia, North Carolina. The name of the church is the City Church. And they've been trying to help children in need throughout their county for several years. They've been trying to provide clothes, housing. How to go cheer up. Believe it or not, even a family to those kids that need family. They do that with a program that they've got. They call their foster and adoption ministry. A few years ago, they started Hope Closet, a clothing giveaway for kids who are displaced, who are in need, kids in school who need new shoes. Well, the pastor, whose name is Dickie Spargo, ran across (laughs) a news article recently about the growing number of kids whose school lunch account has an outstanding balance. And it's said, I don't recall, it's got to be two or three weeks old for it to be considered outstanding. But he did a little research and he found out that in his little county in North Carolina, that the school lunch debt was $13,000. 
$13,000 in outstanding school lunch debt. And he decided to see if he could do something about it. And he took it to their church and they took up an offering for two weeks. And in two weeks, they raised $23,000. And they donated the entire $23,000. It paid off all of this year's school debts and they left the remaining $10,000 to help pay toward next year's school debts. Um, I, I love the, the idea. A church who's not actually just talking the talk, but trying to walk the, the talk and doing something about it. I went to their website, and I absolutely love the opening statement on their website, and here's what it says. We don't care how you're dressed. We don't care how many tattoos you have or who you voted for in the last election. We're, we are a church full of broken, imperfect people with every kind of story imaginable, and we're saving a seat for you. That's awesome. We need more people and more churches and, and more groups, more everything and everyone trying to, if you can't see the light, be the light. Absolutely. Make a difference. And if you don't see kindness, be kindness. There's all kinds of, of, of things you, you can don't put see, in help, there. Help yourself. Right. Um, there's, there's, and you know, for so many, and might step on some toes here, don't mean to, okay. but if I do, that's all right, because it's the truth. Um, my church believes that we are one church, whether you're Catholic, whether you're yeah. Methodist, whether you're, we are, we are all one church. You're a true Christian. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in, if you look at somebody because they come into your church in tatters or sit in the back row and don't talk to anybody and you, they just glad you're there. Yep. You know, and I think that it's one of the church reasons I drive 40 minutes to go to church every day or not every day, but every Sunday. Right. Um, is because of that welcome feeling. There's no, I don't, I have never, I've been there since 24, no, 2010. I've never once felt unwelcome there. Now, granted when it comes to church, I don't, I'm not into all the fluff. I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, the greeters at the door, hey, what's up? You know, I get But that. I don't think that's fluff. I think no, that's a part of being a is. nice, friendly church. It is. It absolutely is. Um, I, 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 probably the wrong way of saying it, but the point is I've never not felt welcomed in my church, ever. I've only been there once, but I certainly felt very welcomed. Whether you wear shorts and flip-flops and T-shirts, they, they just don't care. They're just glad you're there. So just want to say that. And for a church to go out there in today's world and actually just do it and not talk about it, to me, that's awesome. Absolutely. So many people in today's world want to go help the homeless guy and give him 20 bucks, but they're not going to do it unless they're on camera. Yep. And they can post Have it a press conference about media. it afterwards. Right. And to me, that you're, you're not doing anything there except promoting yourself. Yep. So, anywho, off of that, whew, several, several weeks ago um no several months ago at this point we did a whole episode about prisons and how prisons are interactive throughout the world do you remember that story yep sure and how we talked about the netherlands and in 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 that area of the world they the, do it differently way differently well we have now the second prison open in not open it's already been open but we now have the second prison in our country that is adapting the netherlands way of doing prison work um and this is not your mom pa's prison that, that that's down in georgia somewhere this is a real hard hard my french hard ass prison that you would probably be one of the last you would ever think would adapt this. And I don't usually have a lot to say of good about Gavin Newsom, the, the uh, governor of California. Yep. But this is his, he's the one that wanted this done. And he directs the money in the prison, you know, through the government. So um, San Quentin State Penitentiary in California, the largest, baddest, meanest, yep. hard-assed prison in California. Over 30,000 inmates. Um, uh, no, no, that's not right. They have a lot of inmates. 
uh, I got my facts wrong. Sorry, I got to look at my paper right. Um, but basically, they have adapted the Netherlands way of integrating the prison into a neighborhood where they have to cook their own meals. It's an open fight, open kitchen. There's 40 people assigned to cook every week that rotates. They cook, they claim to do everything. They now have real opportunities for education, plumbing, electrician, auto mechanics. They're teaching them real stuff in prison. They don't lock the doors down, the dorms down. That's what they call them, the dorms. They're not cells anymore. They don't lock them down at night. They are um, still, obviously, there's gun, you know, there's prison or prison guards and stuff of that nature to make right. sure. But these people now have a very real opportunity to rehab. And it came down, he had this quote, um, and I really liked how it was put from the prison board. It says, 30,000 prisoners re-enter society in California every year alone, just in California. And <laughs> basically, which kind of criminal, which kind of prisoner do you want released next, you know, in your neighborhood? Somebody who has a chance, has a skill now, has people skills and understand math and credit and a job set, or someone who's probably going to come right back to the prison because they broke into your house. The recidivism rate is astronomically high in the typical American prison. And I will bet you and give you good odds that, you know, it's going to take several years to prove how effective this is, 10, 15, 20 years. But uh, over a long span of time, I'll bet you money that the recidivism rate will be far lower. Oh, absolutely. Among this group of people who have been treated like human beings yep. instead of animals. Yeah. Uh, for a big part of their life. And like you were saying, a huge part of it is that they're given a chance to believe that they can exist and be successful outside of prison. Now, to be correct, San Quentin does have the only death. That is where the, the people who are sentenced to death row in California are housed. If you were sentenced to death row, you don't have access to these programs. This is only for people who are one to five to 10 years. Um, so if you're an axe murderer, you're not eligible for this program. You're in a separate wing in the same prison. This is for the folks that actually will have an opportunity at some point to rejoin society. Um, and this is the quote from Gavin Newsom. Do you want them coming back with humanity and some normalcy? Or do you want them coming back more bitter and more beaten down? Can't argue that not statement. Agree. Not even a little. And like you said, it all comes down to the word hope. <laughs> They're going to come out. You hope that these guys find hope. Hey, when I get out, I can go work on cars and make a living. I don't have to steal now. You know, I can yep. I can do plumbing. I can I can add to to society. So, and this is in a place where they probably have never had the exposure to get into those programs otherwise. So. Totally agree. I think that is an amazing good step at a, and you know, we had one in Chesterfield, Pennsylvania that had started this. Um, it was a much smaller prison, uh, but kudos to them for being the first. And let's all pray that San Quentin is hugely successful because if it is, that's a big step toward the right direction of, of making our prison systems better for the people that are in prison and for the people who are not in prison and don't want to be victims. <laughs> yep. This helps both sets of folks. It's a win-win if there's ever been one. So that's what I got there, Mr. Jerry. Hey, uh, you want to talk about Mr. Locke for just a second? Absolutely. Yeah. So the mortgage market changes often. I know this. It's crazy. Um, so it's important to have your mortgage professionally managed. Very true. Edlock with USA Mortgage offers great personalized service with more customized options tailored to your financial goals and needs. So if you're looking to cruise into a new home, Ed can be the driver that gets you there. Call or text Ed at area code 502-680-0983 and find out how to get approved. NMLS ID 448908. DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, 
doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227-262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions may apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. So if you're in Kentucky and Florida, give Ed a call directly. If you're not, if you're in any other state in the union, call USA Mortgage. They're going to take good care of you. So we appreciate Ed and USA Mortgage for sponsoring us. And yes, we, do. Uh, we love that. Tell them you heard it here at uh, Newsworthy. When you give them a call, that'll be awesome. So your turn, sir. My turn. Well, I think I may have been wrong. I think you may have more topics than <laughs> I. So earlier when I said I was going to leave the Holstein cat for you, I lied. I'm now taking, by the way, your last story. There was one thing that I found really amazing in that story, even more so than the second president in the U.S. is trying this, which I'm very glad to hear. But the thing that I found most amazing was that California still practices uh, the death penalty. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't killed executed. anyone in for like ever. Yeah. Like, I mean, they still have Charles Manson on death row. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they don't now. They He's passed even, away, yeah, but I he passed you. away right. of natural causes. Not from them. Yeah. Anyway, the Holstein calf. And uh, yeah, I don't even know where this is at. But a Holstein calf was born. And for those. In Australia. Australia. Yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't know, the Holstein breed of cow is the black and white spotted, and they just have random spots. But there was a Holstein calf born with, on one side of his body, a smiley face, and it literally is a smiley face. We'll put the picture up when we post the podcast. Uh, yeah, j- just a result of naturally random black and white markings that, you know, is typical and what makes the breed what it is. And the owners have already said that they are not going to get rid of the calf. Normally, they would sell it, you know, and it would end up in the grocery stores, steaks and hamburger. But this one is going to get to live out the rest of his life on the farm grazing. And the owner said it was basically because it he had not saw in a long time any animal or anything that brought joy to his workers the way that this calf with a smiley face has. So. Holstein calf with a smiley face. Yeah. First time I ever saw something like that. Well, they even, in that story, the owner says, I had to go out and physically check the cow to make sure the workers didn't mark it. (laughs) Well, it's good because he was a bull. And in in a dairy farm, bulls are pretty much, you know, sold to market pretty, pretty, unless they're going to be a part of the breed stock. Two or three percent are kept for breeding stock and the rest are sold to go. They're, First converted to steers. Right. And then they're sold for meat. Yep. So he's got himself a nice, just because of the luck of the draw, he's exactly. got himself a nice, lush, cool job. He's going to be the raised. He's, he's not going to have any problem. Now, yep. here's what I fear. I wonder if those change over time. I don't think so. I, the reason I ask that is when we when I first got my dog, Hattie Mae, she's little, and the first thing that I noticed about her, she was some sort of poodle mix. She had a perfect hoof on her back. It looked like a cow just stepped on her back. But over time, that went away because it was, it turns well, out. Was it different colors or yeah, something? Yeah, it was very dark. Okay. Like she was a really light poodle yeah. and she had a really dark hoof on her back. It looked like some dirty cow stepped on her. <laughs> um, but be darn. These do not, I don't think. They, they might lighten or darken a little bit. But again, you've you got black against a white background. Sure. So it could lighten or dark considerably, and it's still going to be stand out that, hey, this calf has a smiley face on the side of it. Um, so I, that's awesome. I just love that. I love that story when I read it. I was like, yep, got to put that on there because. I, I loved mean, it, to be honest, before I even read the story. I'm yeah. scrolling down, and I see the picture, and I'm <laughs> in love with it right then. Happy cows. Yep. <laughs> Happy cow. I wonder if the happy cow can send Mr. Pickles a card saying, <laughs> hey, bro, I'm with you. I got you. Because <laughs> he's going to need that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you the joke, did I? Oh, what joke? The, uh, when you first started t- telling the tortoise, the 90-year-old tortoise, I uh-huh. told you it reminded me of a, a joke. 
there's a joke, and I'm sure I'm going to massacre it, but here's the general gist of it. There, there's this old rich guy, and his wife finally passes away, and he's not a years old, and he goes out and gets him this bond, blonde bombshell girlfriend and ends up marrying her. And a few months later, she turns up pregnant, and he's out bragging to all of his buddies. You know, I'm going to... I'm not a years old. I'm going to be a dad again. And everyone's trying to tell him, but I don't know. I'd, I'd take a second look here and he won't have anything to do with it. And finally, one day he's uh, out playing golf and he's bragging to one of his friends and his friends said, you know, that reminds me. He said this past summer, I went to Africa on a safari. And he said, I had this tour guide that was really well recommended. And they said, he's one of the best there is. And when we get out there on the safari and I get to look, and the guy doesn't even have a gun. Oh, he's got an umbrella. And I ask him about it. He's like, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll all be fine. He said, and finally, we find this, this lion, and he charges at us. He said, would you believe it? This tour guide took his umbrella, pointed it, said, bang, and this lion fell over dead. Now, here old dude is like, are you stupid? What's wrong with you? That, that, there's no way that happened. His friend said, buddy, that's what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. So that took many years. But you started telling the story, and it reminded me of that. So, you know, Jerry, that I love metal detecting. I bought a metal detector yep. a couple of years ago. I've done my pretty much my entire yard. Actually, bought uh, Mike, our w wonderful, well-traveled Mike. Uh, I, I bought Mike. I bought him one that would fold up and he could take with him on the plane. So if he's Very on nice. a beach or whatever, he can take it with him and start this habit. Now I've done it for two years and I've pretty much stayed local. I haven't really done, you know, any place I'm not, you have to be careful. There's some laws, sure, and especially in like civil war areas that you're not allowed to dig or whatever. So kind of be careful what you're doing here in the United States, especially to make sure you're not on private property or unprotected property. But the most I've ever found is a old 60s um, Mustang emblems. They were all in one piece. I found those. found a lot of nails and screws. Not really found any money or rings or any fun stuff. However, it's not to say it doesn't happen. Just, um, uh, well, not just, it was just reported, but two years ago, a professional uh, historian, uh, that's not right, a historian who, uh, what is a professor who teaches history? How do you say that? History professor. Thank you. <laughs> I was getting my words all messed okay. up. A history professor who also shared my habit found an over a thousand-year-old treasure in the Netherlands. Um, it's by all means considered priceless. Um, but since he's a history professor, he put it right in the... He, he just didn't even sell it. He puts it right in the uh, museum at the school he teaches. How about that? Very Crazy, nice right? Um, extremely rare. He's been metal detecting since the age of 10. He's 27. They found this two years ago, kept it completely secret as they cleaned it and, and restored it back to museum quality so that they could put it. It comes with four decorated golden pendant earrings that are shaped like crescent moons, two pieces of gold leaf that fit together, 39 small coins, which date back all the way to year 1000 CE. <laughs> Old coins. And he's, he said that it was very special discovering something that's valuable. I can't really describe it. I never expected to discover anything like this. Um, the 39 silver pennies or coins give them a clue to the date it was buried. 1248 was the year. Jeez. <laughs> um, they even had the coins were in a small... Uh, pouch and they were able to even find some of the the, the uh, textile that the pouch was made out of. Isn't that crazy? That is. The jewelry is even older than that. The jewelry dates 200 years prior to the coins. So whoever had the coins had bought some really old jewelry when they met their demise. 
<laughs> Amazing what we can find out and figure out about these type of things after the fact. Yeah. Now it's on uh, it's on loan for the and I'm going to butcher this name the Rickshaw Museum exhibition called Year One Thousand, and then it's going to be returned to the the person who who discovered it. Isn't that neat? That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thousand year old jewelry, man. I'd be I would. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'd be doing this podcast from Key West if I'd found that stuff. When you started telling <laughs> this, it reminded me of a story that I read and decided to not cover. Didn't even take down notes on it. But it was about a gold coin that they found somewhere. And it mentions the Norse god Odin. And it is apparently around 200 years older than anything previously had ever been found that referenced him. Yep. I think it goes back to roughly 400 AD. So it, it backdated what we know of more Norse mythology by a couple hundred years. I actually have it pulled up here. They call it a huge discovery of pure ecstasy. Look at that. She knows she ain't supposed to be in here. <laughs> She's making sure the dogs are not there. It's... uh. It just shows you that what we think we know about the past, yep. there's always going to be something there that changes what we know a little bit. Sure. I was watching a video, uh, a documentary about the lost city of Atlantis. Yep. And there's a professor out there who's done, and there's always a professor out there, right? But this professor believes that the lost city of Atlantis is actually right in the center of what's called the Sahara's eye. He thinks that that, I is actually the center of Atlantis. I didn't really buy it, but just goes to show you that it, what if he's right? Yep. You know, we've been looking out in the ocean, scouring the oceans, thinking it fell in the ocean. What if the desert just swallowed it? It could happen. <laughs> you and I've never talked about it, but speaking of which, it's not a far reach from what you just mentioned to the Bermuda Triangle, right? Right. What's your thoughts on that? The Bermuda Triangle? Bermuda Triangle. Oh, dude. So Let me rephrase the question. Knowing you, you certainly <laughs> believe that there is something to it. So I rephrase the question like this. You have your pilot's license. Uh, I don't know if you could fly the type plane it would take to reach. Let's say you could. Sure. You're on a jet plane and you're, you have a, a chance to fly in that area. Would you or would you go around? Oh, no, we fly. It's one of the most heavily flown. So you would have no problem flying. No. Through. And here's the problem. It, there's places all over the world that there's one in Mexico that if you take a compass on the ground, you know, if we're just walking, um, there's we'll about a, a two mile square radius. It just spins. You yeah. ha It has the magnet, the magnet, magnetic. The magnetic field right there. Right. It's just crazy. Now I've watched hundreds of hours of Bermuda Triangle stuff. And I think that they've pretty much got that all figured out at this point. Um, and, and it unfortunately doesn't come from aliens and it doesn't come from the magnetic field even. It actually comes from under the ocean floor there. They think that there are huge pockets of gas where that is expelled at a certain time. And the 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 way that they explain it, if you have a very large ship, that ship, which weighs hundreds and millions, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tons, is able to stay afloat because of the displacement of right. the water. So if you're in the water and all of a sudden the water underneath you becomes to becomes to roil all the air bubbles, your ship loses display, it loses buoyancy because it no longer has the water to support it. It has a lot of air bubbles, and that is what they think is sinking a lot of the ships in the Bermuda Triangle. But I thought that they believed that planes had went down there as well. Oh, yeah, hundreds, hundreds. But how but would these, that affect planes? Because of updrafts. The planes okay. that were disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle were very single-engine fighter planes. They were, uh, you know, there's never been a, a passenger jet, jet yeah. disappearing in the Bermuda so if, say, is the same example, 
this roiling comes up to the top from all this air or, or um, gas that's released from the bottom. Right. If it shoots up enough, that could have enough of an updraft to either A, throw off their magnetic and, and make them get lost and run out of fuel and crash, which is, you know, that's part of it. The magnetic field there is a little wonky. Right. You know, you can take compasses there and it's a little wonky. But they think that the gas updrafts releases so much air into the atmosphere at the same time. That's why. That, that's, that's the going theory that I think holds the most. Uh, Sounds reasonable. Um, the most. Uh, Legitimacy. Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred. There's, there's as many theories out there as there are planes that disappear. Yeah. But to me, that one is the one that is most explainable. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. Probably I so. Agree. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Whose turn is it? I don't even remember. Who I went last. don't know. I think it was my turn. Okay. I think. Go ahead. So, I wanted to cover. Um, what did I want to cover? There was. Well, that's the good news. Here's the good thing about trying to find good news is there is good news. And sometimes when you get into the places where their good news is, mm -hmm. there's a lot of good news. Yep. So that's great. Very true. <laughs> um, Very true. I really like when we can take things that are already here and we can utilize them to be more efficient, to do more things with the same amount of space and to be able to create things that weren't there without having to do a lot of extra. What I mean by that is, in Switzerland, they use a lot of trains out there. I saw this. Did you see this one? I like it. Yeah, I do too. Why so, not? Huh? Why not? Yeah. So in order to create more energy for their country without blotting their heel sides with, with uh, the big uh, windmills that we have in a lot of our areas, or to add a new nuclear site, they have decided to take their very ex expansive rail system and in between the rails, because they already have all the hardware, the infrastructures there, they have put in between the rails the solar panels. Yep. Um, so one after another. One right after another. The entire length of the rail. So even when the train's going, it's barely covering up enough of the solar panels. And it's generating quite a bit of electricity. Yeah. I think it's pretty neat. I think it's a great concept. They have over 2,000, let me give you some stats, 2,000 miles of track. They believe that the amount that's generate can be generated um, through the 2,000 miles of track is beyond one terawatt, 2% of the entire gross of their whole country. Just by using space that is already there and yep. all they have to do, one of the things say that in order to keep the, the panels clean, they just put brushes on the bottom of the, of the trains. The trains will clean them as they go. <laughs> because they are on the ground, they would collect dust. They would kick up dust from the trains. But Who it, owns it, the government? I, I As far as I know, I didn't read that the government didn't own it. Um, it says it's invented by Sun's Way, and I'm sure that's a private company, but uh, yeah. one of the private partnerships that the government's using to make this happen, I think it's fantastic. What a great, you know, you know. So anyway, that's what I got. I've got a good one for you. Or I thought it was. Just a heartwarming story. Oh, let me answer a question. She'd ask Some about answer. Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart did not crash in the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Uh, she crashed somewhere. Oh, what was the name? I will have that information. I just watched this. And they actually think that she was <laughs> and just uh, I'll go ahead and give you the spoiler alert. Um, they seem to have evidence now that Amelia Earhart succumbed. She actually survived the crash landing on the island. And I can't think of the island off the top of my head. 
She actually survived the the initial crash, and then unfortunately was probably bloodied, beat up, and she cons con was consumed while alive by uh, what are those big uh, uh, the big ugly crabs that they have? Jeez, oh. okay. Yeah, they're they're big. They're the only predator on the entire islands, and they will eat anything. Yeah. Now, what makes them think this? Just because the plane was never found, right? Well, no, but they have matched uh, a, a female skeleton okay. to this island area that they think that she was. There's several islands in this in this arpa. What's that word? Arpa. Small grouping of islands. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember the word, but. Um, and they think that she made it to shore. The plane's out in the water somewhere. Gotcha. Um, they found glasses that were very similar to the one she wore. Um, and they had, they had found a partial skull and some bones. And this is what made her think that they, that she was eventually eaten by the crabs because Moti her says coconut crabs, coconut crabs. Yes. And those, those, uh, her remains were scattered over the entire island, and they're the only the only thing on the island that could do that. What so, a way to, yeah. End up. So, spoiler alert! There you go. <laughs> Jeez, okay. And if I can find the uh, the story, I'll link to it at the end of the episode here. What was you going to say, Jerry? Is we are approaching our time deadline. Okay, I had started one about two sisters. Uh, Two sisters were put up for adoption at the oh, end yeah. of World War II, and they were recently reunited. Unfortunately, when they were put up for adoption, they were separated. And Annie Lidjapar and Sheila Ann Fry, both in their late 70s, they have Sheila's daughter-in-law and Ann son to thank for the reunion after they took it upon themselves separately to try to track down their long-lost relatives. Adopted in the United Kingdom when she was an infant in 1946, Sheila had no knowledge of who her birth parents were, but using a DNA product, they discovered that she had a half-sister who lived in the Netherlands that was born just a few minutes after her to the same father. And Sheila's daughter-in-law, Karen, ended up being messaged by Annie's son, Mark. Both sides did a DNA test, and these two sisters separated since 1940, late 1945, early 1946, was recently reunited. That's amazing. Just, just a heartwarming story. What are the freaking odds? Yeah, that is awesome. And kudos to their kids for making yep. that happen. I mean, that's just Absolutely. amazing. That it is. Mm -mm -mm. So how would you like our positive podcast i like it man end up I, with a lot better feeling than all the negative crap yeah, some of it's necessary so you know you and i were talking it really doesn't matter how necessary and important how truthful how factual you can just get way too negative well that was the whole thing this week i mean we could have diverted and went back i mean there's a whole nother week's worth of news that is like uh. by the way i do want to issue a uh, clarification you remember yes, last I week? Know. You, I am the prettier. No, no. Right. Unfortunately, you're still totally wrong on that. But uh, you are right on this. Last week we were discussing the possible charges against Trump, and you were saying that you had heard that the charges were uh, uh, what's the word? Old, outdated. Oh, they're past statute their limitations. Statute limitations had, had expired, and I was saying no. I, I just felt certain that the prosecutors would have been aware of that it turns out that it's a very very gray murky area and you should have bet me because it very well may be there's a two-year statute of limitations for misdemeanors the charges are looking at as a felony that's five-year statute of limitations this happened preceding the election in the fall of 2016 if it happened on election day that takes you to november of 2021 obviously we're well past that now there are some things that can cause that timeline to be extended. Even so, there's still a very real chance that no matter what, this will never see the light of day because this statute of limitations has been so going beyond. Let me just hear that one part. About what I said was through. for once, you, your 
once in a 100 years, you're probably right. Yes! Woohoo! Did you hear that, world? Jerry Pro just had to eat. Man, I wish you could have seen this. His face was so contorted. It hurt no. him physically to I say have, that. <laughs> I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. Doesn't happen a lot. No problem admitting. Guys, we hope you've enjoyed it. A yes, we hope you enjoyed a very positive episode. We tried to we keep did. it that way as much as we did. Um, it was great. The one positive story we neither, neither of us got to. But will. We might even do that next week. It's a big story, and yeah. it is still spreading. Asbury it's not revival. Uh, the revival going on at Asbury College um, and has spread throughout the world at this point. Um, I know some very personal stories that I'd like to say about that, and I'm just excited. We are going to absolutely do that uh, very soon. But anyway, if you can't see the light, be the light.